Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Indeed it is. It's Wednesday, hump day. Happy hump day. Almost a Friday. It's amazing. And news breaking everywhere, which is why you have come to the right place for your afternoon dose of all the news you need. Everything had stopped from the morning show this morning, including, by the way, a fiery Ron DeSantis, which I love to see. Good morning. Good afternoon. <laughs> Hard to keep track these days. First of all, uh, I have to tell you, there's some amazing audio today. The Mad King, King Philip the Unaccountable, very angry today at protesters who dared to protest him. Very upset. Ron DeSantis firing back because the media has been going after Ron DeSantis in a big way, as you know. Uh, let's think about it. Let's do a contrast to two governors, shall we? So COVID breaks out and Andrew Cuomo tells everybody in nursing homes, uh, you must keep COVID positive patients in nursing homes and causes just widespread death in nursing homes. It's awful. Worse in the country. In Florida, Ron DeSantis does the opposite. He says, keep the COVID out of our nursing homes. And he works to make sure that the most vulnerable people are protected. The numbers... Couldn't tell a more clear story of the differences in policies between these two governors. Yet the media loved Cuomo. The montage of the media gushing over him, gushing and loving. He was the real president. Trump was the devil. And now flash forward to where we are right now, which is that they hate DeSantis so much. And they particularly hate him even more now that their their King Cuomo has gone down. Is going down. I mean, he's in the process of going down. It's just really a matter of, of, of how he goes down and when he goes down. And it's just really a matter of, of when. But he's going down. And so that much we know is true. It's just really a matter of, like I said, when he goes down. He can't survive this. Nobody can. I mean, he could, but politically he's neutered. But anyway, I don't care about that. What I care about right now is what Ron DeSantis said today. And uh, he went fiery on the border, and I'm glad. And he also made a very, very important point about making sure that he's going to fight for your kids. And again, what a contrast between him and Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, who today actually talked about we don't want to see kids separated from their families because they're not vaccinated. Huh? What does that mean? Yeah, I know. Exactly right. First of all, let me begin with this. This is uh, this is DeSantis from today. He had a press conference fired up. I don't blame him. Take a listen. 
if you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm going to stand in your way and I'm going to stand up for the kids in Florida. If you're trying to restrict people, impose mandates, if you're trying to ruin their jobs and their livelihoods and their small business, if you are trying to lock people down, I am standing in your way and I'm standing for the people of Florida. So why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. I like it. I like it. Fiery and punchy. That's the way he should be. Good. I'm very happy to hear that. Let's contrast, though, with Bill de Blasio, shall we? Now, there's DeSantis fighting for your kids, which is great. Important to do. We need to do that. We need to do more of that. Now I'll play you Bill de Blasio from the CBS Morning Show this morning. And this is what de Blasio said. Now, you have to realize now, this is very scary what he's talking about. And in case you forget, yesterday he announced his vaccine passport in New York City, which is going to be basically a national model for the rest of the country, as national models often often go. Take a listen. Let's talk about mandates. So you're going to mandate vaccines for folks going indoors. How does this affect kids, by the way, who aren't eligible for vaccination? Look, we welcome kids, of course to restaurants and uh, and movie theaters, et cetera. Wear a mask, that's a smart thing to do. And hopefully soon our five to 11 year olds will be eligible for vaccination on top of that. But we don't wanna separate families. We want families to enjoy stuff together, but in a safe environment for the folks who work in restaurants, gyms, et cetera, and for the customers. Here's what I love about it. You go into an environment, you know everyone's in the same place. You know everyone's vaccinated, everyone's safe. I know. know As someone who lives in the city, it would give me peace of mind to know going in the gym, everyone's vaccinated. We don't want to separate families and kids. We don't want to separate them. Well, why are you even having to discuss that, de Blasio? Why are you even having to talk about separating families from their kids? It's because of your idiotic vaccine passport mandate. And whether or not we're going to have freedom in this country. I mean, the fact that we even have to have a conversation about at some point whether or not we'd have to separate kids from their parents. What if teenagers don't want to get it and their parents are going to force them to get it? Are we, are we now going to live in a society where, where parents are going to force their kids to put something in their body? Is that, is that what we're going to, the Democrats are now going to stand for? I'm, just, I'm curious about that. I really am. I'm curious about it. DeSantis today, again, fiery on the whole issue of vaccine passports and i'm glad again because i need somebody to stand up to this this is not freedom to have documents you're walking around on and i pointed out to you today and every day the hypocrisy of the people that say yeah carry around a vaccine card but when it comes to voter id if you ask someone to show voter id that's racist huh how does that work exactly this is DeSantis from today choice to be able to do it biden he rejects science because he denies the fact that people that recover from COVID have long-lasting immunity. And that's been proven time and time again, and the data is very clear. So his vision is, just like in New York City, restaurants should ban young kids from being able to go in because they're not eligible for vaccination. And law-abiding citizens have to produce proof of their medical records just to go to the gym or attend an event or just to participate in everyday society. He wants that, but yet if you want to vote, he thinks it's too much of a burden to show a picture ID when you're voting. So no voter ID, but have to show your medical papers just to be able to live an everyday life? Give me a break. And so I think the question is, is we can either have a free society or we can have a biomedical security state. And I can tell you, Florida, we're a free state. 
People are going to be free to choose to make their own decisions about themselves, about their families, about their I mean, I'm so happy to hear that. And again, let's contrast it with another governor, shall we? I really think the difference between blue states and red states could not be more clear. Could not be more clear between Cuomo and the nursing home deaths and DeSantis and uh, keeping seniors alive. And then, of course, now with these vaccine passports and freedom and liberty. And then there's the Mad King, the Mad King of Jersey, King Philip the Unaccountable. And it's not pronouncement Monday, so I don't need the trumpets. But I will play you what happened today when some protesters dared, dared to interrupt the King's press conference, dared to raise their voices in dissent with what the King wants for his peasants. These folks back there have lost their mind. You've lost your minds. You are the ultimate knuckleheads. And because of what you are saying and standing for, people are losing their life. People are losing their life, and you have to know that. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. I think they start chanting Murphy at the end, but I'm not quite sure. All they were doing was they were protesting forced vaccinations. That's it. That's it. They were protesting forced vaccinations and vaccine passports. And to that, the king screams at them, look in the mirror. Look, you know, if you look in the mirror, you'd go see a dentist. I'm just saying, if you looked in the mirror, you'd get an orthodontist. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying, if you did, that's what you would, that's the conclusion you'd reach. I need a dentist. That's all. I'm not, again, that's all. I'm just saying, if you looked in the mirror, your highness, that's what you would conclude too. All right. So that's where things stand in terms of the tale of of the of the states and the different governors. And I don't know about you, but it seems like it's we are living in two different countries, red America and blue America. And all I know is that red America is a whole lot freer than blue America. And every day it seems like it more and more like that, doesn't it? Every day seem more and more like we are becoming less free in blue America. And I don't know what the fall is going to bring, and I don't want to think about it right now because I'm, I'm in a great mood, and I don't want to think about what the fall is going to bring. But the one thing I think we can all agree on is that if the Democrats are even worried remotely about, say, Murphy losing his seat or, uh, or the Democrats losing Virginia, well, then we'll see some changes to things, don't you think? Now, look, I'm, I, I, it's possible that there may be uh, other reasons that motivate them, but I don't think lockdowns work regardless of what the motivation is. To save lives or not save lives. It doesn't work. It doesn't. And that's been proven time and time again. That's been proven time and time again. And yet the Democrats still flirt. They flirt a little bit with lockdowns. And why? Because it's power and they love power. So there's red America and there's blue America. And maybe possibly in blue America there might be one governor who's a former governor and possibly now maybe, just maybe, behind bars. It's very possible. And of course I'm saying... That's Andrew Cuomo. No doubt about that. The love gov Andrew Cuomo. Oh, you know, I forgot this little ditty that we had here. Let's see now. I forgot this. Remember this? You might remember this. Here we go. Ready? Hang on. Oh, hang on. There we go. Sing it, baby. Oh. Nipples pierced, not tattooed. Is hot X. Cooks delicious food. Oh, God. Is a bachelor, you know. All the chicks. 
want to kiss Cuomo. The love of Mario's dreamboat, Italian son. The love of not Chris Cuomo, the lesser one. It's gone. Yeah, I do love that. I really do. Makes me happy every time I hear it. And I can't get enough of this. I really can't get enough of this. I just, this... I do it with everyone. Everyone. Black and white, young and old, straight and LGBTQ, powerful people, friends, strangers, people who I meet on the street. People that I meet on the street. Now, that's uh, the love gov. So creepy. The creepiest moment ever, I think. Oof, man. Now, Cuomo had had a a very tense exchange with a reporter regarding uh, sexual harassment policies in the governor's office. Uh, This is this was a a little bit of a a kind of a flashback here. This is pretty interesting. 635 on a Thursday morning. This is a tense exchange with a reporter and Governor Cuomo you need to hear about because it's over sexual harassment policies in Albany. Reporters were asking the governor a number of questions on a number of topics. One reporter asked about this guy, Sam Hoyt, who we know here in western New York as a state leader who has been accused of sexual harassment. Listen to what the governor had to say. But nevertheless, you did have it going on within your own administration, allegedly, with Sam Hoyt. What could you do differently to, you know, kind of pick up on that? Well, look, you have it going on in journalism. Yeah, I know. What are you going to do differently? Um, but the question they, is about state government. Yeah, it's, it's about, about state government. I could tell you later in great detail no, about that if you're, if you're interested. No, it's about you and journalism. And it's about you in journalism. And it's about state government. And it's about carpentry. Is your administration going to do anything forces. differently? We need to continue. Hoyt's accuser filed a federal lawsuit against him and Cuomo as well, claiming the governor's office ignored her complaints. The governor's office maintains it followed proper protocol. How can anybody feel sorry for this sleazebag is my question. How can anybody feel bad for this guy knowing what a sleazebag he is? And in case... You're thinking to yourself, but rich, 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 every guy should have his day in court. Why should we jump to political conclusions first? Why not? That's what they do to our guys. That's what they did to Brett Kavanaugh. Remember this? Remember this? I think the way they are handling it is disgusting. I think for Senator McConnell to get up and say, we are going to confirm Kavanaugh just showed what a sham and a mockery the entire process is. You haven't started the hearings. How can you stand Mm -hmm. there and say, Mm -hmm. you're going to confirm the man? We haven't started the hearings, and the hearings are supposed to discuss facts. How many times are you going to say hearings? Governor, seven times. And the witnesses are going to come in, and they're going to be questioned by an independent counsel. Yeah. But that's all baloney because I know the conclusion and the conclusion is we are going to uh, we're going to uh, endorse him and confirm him. There is a disrespect for women. Oh, oh. that this administration uh. chronically uh, amplifies mm-hmm. after the Me Too movement. 
they did absolutely nothing when it came to sexual harassment. Do you, is it just me or is this one of those classic symptoms of when you project onto others how you're feeling? Do you ever, is that, is, because that's how I read this. There's something about this administration that has a clear disrespect for women. Not like me who has a clear disrespect for women. I mean, he's literally talking about himself here. Let me back this up a little bit. He's literally talking about himself. After the Me Too movement, they did absolutely nothing when it came to sexual harassment. Uh, they have always... As opposed to me who stepped up my sexual harassment. Always. Consistent. And they're doing it again. To cheapen or ridicule the pain a woman suffers from a sexual attack mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is disgusting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sexist and disgusting. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, to second guess how a woman should have acted after a sexual attack. Agree. Is sexist and disgusting. Agree. Uh, I mean, it's just insensitive. You don't understand the pain. You don't understand how the system tortures a person who wants to come forward. So, let's find out. (laughs) I'm sorry, I got to laugh because literally he's being accused of using the system to torture any person who comes forward. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. He's literally being accused of that. This is the ultimate projection right here. You don't understand what it's like for these women, and I do because my office is actively working to silence them. Every day another one comes forward, and every day I have to silence them more so I know better than you do what this voodoo is that you do. So, anyway, yeah. That would be done by people coming to a, a fair hearing process and relaying the facts and then make a conclusion. But this is a mockery when they say before the hearings even start, he's going to be confirmed. Yeah, it's a mockery is what it is, a mockery. Like your entire administration has been an utter mockery, Governor. Oh, man, i tell you what. All right, so that's the latest on Cuomo. I, is he going anywhere? I don't know if he's going anywhere. I mean, th- this guy's very hard to predict. But if you are even for a second feeling like there's this, this guy should do process or anything like that, throw that out the window. He doesn't deserve any of that. Screw him. He doesn't deserve that. He doesn't give... He wanted Kavanaugh gone. And he sits up there and he he just... He, he bashes the Trump administration and goes on and on about how they have no respect for women. And everything he said in that clip, he was doing. Ah, the heck with him. Honestly, I have no use for the guy. None whatsoever. And soon, America won't have use for the guy either. <laughs> Are schools going to open up in the fall? That's a question I keep getting asked. Uh, yeah, I think so. Will they stay open? I I don't know. I'm not sure. Chuck Schumer's lying about Governor Ron DeSantis. They really hate this guy. They hate Ron DeSantis so much. They're really worried about him running for president in 2024. And I think that if Trump doesn't run, he's definitely going to be on the short list, no doubt. So now they're lying about him, saying he's anti-vaccine. DeSantis was vaccinated in April, and 85% of Florida's seniors have been vaccinated. 
I don't know if you know that or not. DeSantis has been pro-vaccine. He's been encouraging people to get vaccines, particularly the seniors. And that's the population he's been working most closely to get vaccinated first, which is smart because they're the most vulnerable of the entire population. And here's the uh, Senate minority leader. I hate to say it. Majority leader Chuck Schumer, Chucky, Count Chuckula lying again and by the way i saw that governor desantis the anti-vaccine person how's he anti-vaccine how, how he got the vaccine how's he anti-vaccine uh, explain that to me again these are facts that don't really matter now on the uh, on the white house front jen saki was asked a question today of whether or not biden is going to uh, to call on andrew cuomo to resign uh and whether or not they're going to try to pressure him to resign remember biden said he should go but are they going to pressure him to resign is the question on the governor cuomo um, issue if, if this is potentially such a stain on the party uh, the president as the leader of this party why not pick up the phone and ask him to resign at this point i think the president was pretty clear he won't listen to he asked him to resign yesterday I don't have any uh, no plans to call him to preview. No. Uh huh. Yeah. You know why? You know why the president won't call him because he won't listen to him. That's why he's not going to do what he says anyway. That's the truth, right there. You know it, and I know it. And you know what else too, which is um, which is a little bit creepy. Was Biden was asked today about? I mean, Saki was asked about the accusations against uh joe biden remember that remember that whole thing and uh and and she answered that too and she said well that was litigated during the campaign was it though because i feel like the whole all the allegations against him just disappeared one day there was that whole tara reed thing and then all of a sudden out of the blue one day it just disappeared did did you do you feel like there was resolution on that Do, do you feel like we got to the bottom of that i don't think so i don't think we even came close to getting on the bottom of that and yet, there's snarks today. Jen Psaki, when she's asked about it by the press, I'm trying to just trying to think the Democrats how they sleep at night. For what uh, it is allowed to spread. Our policy hasn't changed. Um, so is he open to? Did you have another question? Yes. Um, on in a follow up to the report on Governor Cuomo's sexual harassment, a lot of men in politics have been accused of sexual harassment. Uh, President Biden was accused by female Secret Service agents of skinny dipping in front of them, offending them, according to former Washington Post reporter Ronald Kessler, who's an author as well. Uh, His former Senate aide, Tara Reid, accused him of sexual assault. Uh, The Washington Post and the New York Times have published multiple accounts of women who objected to the way President Biden touched them. Uh, Should there be an independent investigation of allegations into the president as there was into Governor Cuomo? Well, first I would say... um Um, The president has been clear and outspoken about the importance of women uh, being uh, respected and having their voices heard and being allowed to tell their stories and people treating them with respect. That has long been his policy, continues to be his policy. Uh, That that was heavily litigated during the campaign. I understand you're eager to come back to it, uh, but I don't have anything further other than to repeat that he has called for uh, the governor to resign. Does any I mean, do you feel like it was heavily litigated during the campaign or do you feel like it just went away because the media refused to cover it much like how they refused to cover Cuomo until they just had no choice? And also, too, if it it, and this is a great point about the hypocrisy of all this, Cuomo hasn't been proven guilty of anything. I don't want to defend the guy, but I'm just saying he hasn't been proven guilty of anything. So if the president's going to call on him to resign and Cuomo's not guilty, there's just accusations 
then how is it that the president's not resigning since he's got accusations too? Right? If we're going to be consistent here, if we're going to be consistent in all of this, I'm just throwing it out there. But then again, consistency and Democrats don't often go together now, do they? All right, so we told you how the media has swooned over the love gov Andrew Cuomo in the past. How about celebrities swooning over the love gov? Do you remember Cuomo sexuals? I tell you what, these, these celebrities are the best, aren't they? These big hypocrites. So yes, during COVID, they were, they were swooning over him. Here, here's a little bit of a snap, a, a sample for you, courtesy of, uh, of Breitbart. Take a listen to this. My celebrity crush right now, you uh-huh. are... <laughs> Governor Cuomo. (laughs) Do you think that you are an attractive person now because you're single and ready to mingle? Do you really think you are some desirable? He's such an idiot because you're single uh, and ready to mingle among the ladies. Uh, people knowing that you're single and they think you're good looking. And- like the author of this op-ed entitled, Help, I Think I'm in Love with Andrew Cuomo. I called your brother Chris. Uh, he also said that, uh, you know, now that you're the love gov, uh, you've kind of transcended politics and now you're just part of really more, you know, you're more of like a national sex symbol. I heard, though, that you had a crush on our boyfriend, Andrew Cuomo. Dude, I, 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 everyone does, right? I think he's fantastic. It's okay. These feelings are perfectly natural. Many Americans experience moments of being at least Andrew curious, if not fully Cuomo-sexual. Trevor, you call yourself a Cuomo-sexual, and I, I, I agree with you. I feel like I'm a Cuomo-sexual, too. Some people are calling themselves Cuomo-sexuals. And there's a group of women who came out and they said, we, we're falling in love with Cuomo. I'm ready for my boyfriend to come on TV. Ooh, we wake up together every single morning. Oh, gross. Me and Andrew Cuomo. Oh, Ooh, there he is. Oh. Could Andrew Cuomo be any hotter? Oh. Uh, that's what I'm doing in quarantine. It's just me and Andrew Cuomo, which is him telling me what to do. And I like it. Oh, and I said, well, yeah, everyone everyone should be a Cuomo sexual in that way. Oh, that's just gross. Hey, by the way, speaking of The Daily Show, I... I, I I was thinking about this. Uh, Chris Cuomo is as creepy as his brother. He just doesn't get enough attention. Uh, And Amanda Knox, I talked about her on the show earlier this week. So Amanda Knox went on The Daily Show. I'm sorry, she went on Chris Cuomo's show. And The Daily Show turned this into what they call their moment of zen. They took some clips of the lesser Cuomo interviewing Amanda Knox. Now, this is creepy, but I think it's a good insight into the mind of the Cuomo brothers because whether it's Andrew or whether it's Chris, they're both a little bit sleazy and and I think a little bit fixated on certain things. So, uh, yeah, here you go. Were you into deviant sex? Insensitive question, but hey, we got to get to what it is. This fuels the doubt. Were you into that kind of experimentation? That's the theory. Knox is into some freaky sexual things. Did you have any type of experimental activities there you're embarrassed to talk about? No, I've never. activities. I've never taken part in an orgy. Can you still have fun? You party? No, I don't don't go to parties. Still smoke weed? No. Why are you the one who is strange? What makes you strange? (laughs) <laughs> Big question. The prosecution bases most of its theory on this in terms of motive. Yeah. We'll get to the other parts. Motive, you're a freak. You have a behavior where you pause before you answer. 
and it looks like you're trying to figure out how to be, but maybe it's just that you're afraid of what will come out of you. What is that pause? What's the pause? I was sexually active. Oof. Man. I tell you what, that is creepy. All of that. Freaky. You're a freak. They're going to say Knox is a freak. What kind of fantasies has he had about Amanda Knox is what I want to know. Maybe lesser fantasies, of course, but don't don't you want to know? I mean, uh, oof. All right, so uh, I, for one, am never going to forget about the nursing home scandal of Governor Andrew Cuomo. And this is the reality right now, is that we can talk about all of these other scandals as much as we want, but we should never forget the reason why Andrew Cuomo first came into the crosshairs in the first place, and that is the nursing home scandal. And uh, I, I'm not going to give up on it. People talk about it all the time. On our side of the aisle, anyway, my side of the aisle, but they don't ever really, they don't ever, they don't get into the details enough. The nursing homes are really what it comes down to with Andrew Cuomo. And while this may have been the end of his political career, given the sexual assault stuff, isn't it something that Democrats were willing to defend him, even though the nursing home scandal has not gone away, even though so many people have lost their lives under Cuomo's leadership? In those nursing homes. And yet for Democrats, they were going to, they were, they were okay with that. They were okay of that. So here are some of the things that, uh, that happened regarding the, the, the issues that were not addressed during the Tuesday press conference. Number one, New York's undercounting of COVID deaths. That is a big scandal that is ongoing right now as we speak. New York reported lower COVID deaths than what actually took place. According to federal data, the Cuomo administration's manipulation of nursing home death data massively undercounting COVID fatalities, massively undercounting the Cuomo administration covering up the real statistics, withholding information from investigators with a top aide admitting to withholding information to investigators. The governor securing a special COVID-related treatment for his family and connected friends. This was when uh, he was getting tests for all of his buddies, including his lesser brother. Tests. COVID tests at a time when Americans could not get COVID tests. The governor's top staff hiding damaging pandemic data while allegedly using state resources to win a $5 million COVID leadership-themed book deal for the governor. Threats against whistleblowers on these very matters. People that wanted to come forward and speak out about the governor's leadership and all these other scandals, they were threatened. Allegations of politicizing vaccine distribution based on political considerations. These are all the kind of things that should have been brought up by the attorney general. Of course, none of these things are because really it's not about actually getting justice here. But think about it from this perspective. The Me Too movement, they want to go after him on this. But if they go after him on all that other stuff, then it's hitting right at his leadership and incompetent Democrat leadership. And that's the difference right there. Remember the allegation, which was that Cuomo vowed to destroy that assemblyman, Ron Kim. You remember that? I will destroy you. He said that. That's the allegation. I will destroy you and we will publicly destroy you. And if you come after me and you bring up the nursing homes again or anything like this, I will destroy you. We will bring you down. 
bring you down. <laughs> so there you go. I'm just pointing this out to you because there's a lot of things about Cuomo besides all these allegations. Whereas in Florida with Ron DeSantis, it could not have been more different. Ron DeSantis did what he had to do to protect the lives of seniors in nursing homes and other vulnerable seniors throughout Florida. He did what he had to do. And they did the right moves. They made the right choices. And the media hates him for it. Because he highlights just how bad Democrat leadership really can be. And when DeSantis stands up and fires back at this administration and says, look, you got to come through me. If you're going to lock down the state, you're going to try to lock down states, you better come through me. That's a, that's, a, that's a direct warning shot across the bow. We're not going to go for lockdowns in Florida. Now, maybe people will welcome them in the Northeast. Maybe people will welcome them in blue states. They're not going to go for it in Florida. They're not going to go for it in Texas. They're not going to go for it in a lot of these states, red states. And the, and, and the portrait of Democrat leadership in these states, just how terrible it really is, it's part of the reason too. remember the nursing home scandal isn't just New York. It's also New Jersey. It's also Pennsylvania. It's also Michigan. It's also California. It's all these states. Maybe that's the reason why Phil Murphy was so angry today at those protesters. Maybe. Maybe that's the reason. Because he knows that people are looking at his administration too for what he did. Our veterans homes, nursing homes, most vulnerable populations at the hands of these people. All right, let's uh, turn our attention now to the infrastructure bill. Americans for tax reform highlighting for us 10 perplexing items in the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Would you like to hear some? This is your money after all. Number one, woke trucking. The bill attempts to get women interested in trucking careers. That's right. In section 23007, the bill points out how underrepresented women are in trucking. Specifically, women make up only 6.6% of truck drivers and 12.5% of all workers in truck transportation. So instead of just leaving that up to the fair market, the legislation established and facilitates an advisory board, the Women of Trucking Advisory Board, which will provide education, training, conduct outreach, and recruit women into the trucking industry. Now, you know, Biden says he drove an 18-wheeler, so maybe he's the right man for the job. Number two, encourages children to walk or bike to school in order to reduce fuel consumption and air pollution. Under this bill, children as young as five years old, including those with disabilities, could be encouraged to walk or bike up to two miles to school. The Safe Routes to School section of the bill establishes a program in which each state will be given at least a million bucks to create routes to schools up to two miles long for students to walk or bike in to promote that healthy, active lifestyle. And of course, make them open season, I would assume, on creepy people hiding in the woods. Number three spends a whopping $5 billion on clean school buses and zero emission school buses. Yeah, so you got to have green buses and a whole lot of cash is going towards this. Zero emission buses. But what about all the toots that the kids are doing on the school buses? Because isn't that methane? I'm just throwing it out there. That's what we hear about cows anyway. They want to improve Amtrak's onboard food and beverage experience. Okay, now I can speak to this one directly. Having been on an Amtrak train yesterday coming back from Washington, D.C., the food choices are not great. The wine, not great. 
But do we really need to spend money to create now a board, another board, another advisory board, Section 22208, details another example of peculiar spending, including the establishment of a working group whose job it is to provide recommendations to improve Amtrak's food and beverage service. This working group must consist of individuals representing Amtrak, the labor organizations representing Amtrak employees, nonprofit organizations representing Amtrak passengers, and states that fund Amtrak routes. Most people that take Amtrak are swamp creatures going back and forth from New York to D.C. to raise money. Back and forth it goes. So my opinion is if they need better food choices, bring it on board the train yourself. Appropriate $7.5 billion for a network of electric vehicle charging stations. Now, we've talked about these. And I don't understand why the government is picking winners and losers in this, particularly when you know as well as I do that those electric vehicle charging stations require electricity to charge, and that requires fuel, a fuel source of some kind to make electricity. I mean, I'm no scientist here, but I do remember the whole thing with Ben Franklin and a kite. This bill spends $10 million on pollinator-friendly practices. (laughs) It's a program to provide grants to entities to carry out activities to benefit pollinators on roadsides and highway right-of-ways, including the planting and seeding of native, locally appropriate grasses and wildflowers, including milkweed. Milkweed, specifically, is the plant which sustains monarch butterfly populations. So, in order to save the bees and the butterflies, the bill appropriates $2 million each year through 2026. Grants to a specific entity can be up to $150,000. Well, I love butterflies as much as the next guy. I really do. And now knowing that they're government workers, I have to think twice about letting them land on my fingers. Appropriates $500 million to fund colder, more porous pavement in cities. (laughs) Oh, yes. Lays the groundwork for a vehicle miles travel tax. I've told you about this. I've warned you about this. The bill incentivizes states to establish pilot programs for user fees, as well as through a grant program costing $75 million over five years. This would be an absolutely regressive, costly tax and would also wind up tracking us everywhere we go. It's scary. I don't want a mileage tax. Conducts limousine research and imposes several new regulations on motor vehicles including one of the things which would have every vehicle would have to have an alcohol indicator to see if, in fact, you've had a couple before you get behind the wheel. So that's just going to raise the price of automobiles, obviously. And you know why Joe Manchin's supporting this bill? Well, for an additional amount of Appalachian Regional Commission, um, $1 billion, which will greatly benefit West Virginia, the Appalachian Region Commission will get an extra $1 billion. That's a lot of cash. It's a million. A billion, a million. I can't even keep track anymore with these numbers. Can you? It's a billion. For an additional amount of Delta Regional Authority, they're going to get more than that. The Denali Commission. Oh, that's for Alaska. That's to get Murkowski's vote. For an additional amount for the Northern Border Regional Commission, cash, 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 cash. It must be nice, right? I would think to myself, and I'm not always right about things, but I would think that in order to get the votes of, say, Kirsten Cinnamon and Joe Manchin, they had to make it, uh, you know, you got to wet my beak. You got to wet my beak and you got to, I got to eat. I got to eat. Oh, yes. <laughs> the money that is being spent by the Biden administration to you and I seems like a lot. To progressives, it's not even close. It's not even a down payment for them on what needs to be spent. 
And part of why I think that they're going to try to push for more lockdowns, more restrictions this fall is because then they can justify more spending on things. Today, the White House was confronted with the reality of them pushing what is very unconstitutional, and that is this CDC eviction moratorium. They know it's unconstitutional. They admitted it was unconstitutional, and they're doing it anyway. And the eviction moratorium that now Biden has reversed himself on, they're doing it because it's what the left wants. It's what the left wants of them. The progressive left wants the eviction moratorium. They don't like the idea of making people have to leave when they're not paying rent. And they certainly don't like the idea of those greedy tenants thinking that they could dare collect the rent that they're owed. How dare these people? But listen to the White House trying to do backflips and sandwich and work themselves into somehow justifying this gigantic 180. Or is it a 360? I've never been good with numbers. About democracy versus autocracy. He's issuing or overseeing this order from the CDC in the face of doubts about its constitutionality, which he seemed to echo yesterday. There's no inconsistency here. The president is, I mean, there are are many people out there who say that the president is is, is essentially not giving voice to the ethic that he campaigned on. He didn't call Congress back. He asked Congress to act. It didn't. How do you square all that? You know, I'm going to ask you who's saying that. Well, there are plenty of people who are saying it. They are not just Republicans. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Why do you care, Jen Psaki? Why don't you allow his sources to do their thing? Why don't you uh, protect protect the anonymity of sources and whistleblowers? Why You need names? Is that what it is? Before the White House will answer questions, now we have to name names? You want the press to name their sources? Am I hearing that right? I just want to make sure I'm hearing that right. I think I'm hearing that right. To others to figure out. But I think what's important to note here is Ooh, that- Well, leave it to others to out your sources. Yeah, that's great. What a hallmark of the First Amendment you are, snarks. President would not have moved forward with a step where he didn't feel comfortable and confident in the legal justification. It is also a reality that there are legal steps that have been taken by the Supreme Court in the last few months. And we have spoken to that publicly. We're not going to hide from that. But he asked the CDC and his legal experts to look at what is possible. This is a narrow, targeted moratorium that is different from the national moratorium. It's not an extension of that. It's a different moratorium from a policy and legal standpoint. So he felt comfortable in the justification and uh, the legal approach to this effort. Quick follow-up on that, Jen? Uh Uh-huh. Go ahead. Uh, Thank you. Uh, You you mentioned that the president is old school, and and Steve noted that uh, the president spent a significant amount of time in the Senate and is also a lawyer. when, what was the moment that the president became certain that he was on solid legal uh, standing to move forward with this extension? And what was the, the argument, specific legal argument, that won out and changed his mind? Because yesterday he seemed to be weighing the two, the two options. Well, again, that's- it's a great question. What changed his mind and what is the legal argument when he himself had said he couldn't do it? He spent the entire weekend blaming Congress and blaming the vampiric one, Nancy Pelosi, specifically and saying, I can't do it. We can't do it. And now all of a sudden they can do it. Now the eviction moratorium, they found a way they can do it. So this reporter is asking a very good question. What is the legal argument? Justify it for us, Jen Psaki, if you would been discussing the justification from the legal team is that this is a different moratorium it's narrow it's targeted at the highest at the areas highest impacted it is not an extension of the national moratorium that was struck down just six weeks ago so is, is the sense here that 
you know, this is temporary. It's still an open question about the constitutionality, but it is temporary. It was extended until October third. So it's it's still a question of whether or not this is constitutional, but it's worth it. I didn't say that. that Um, He would not have advocated for and supported moving forward with something if he was not comfortable with the legal justification. Let me just go around. Oh, please. You know what it is? It's that the progressives came to him and said, do this. We need you to do this, Mr. President. I saw another clip, too, today that said that uh, it was basically, oh, oh yeah, I know what it was. Trump supporters, it's a death cult. I think it was MSNBC's Joy Reid, if I'm not mistaken. She was on one of the late-night shows, and she was talking about how Trump supporters are all in a death cult because they're all anti-vaccine. And that's not true. The numbers don't actually add that up. The truth of the matter is, is that the population that's leading in not getting vaccinated, African-Americans. Did you hear what the mayor of Boston said today about vaccine mandates? And vaccine passports? Hmm? Did you hear this? This is Boston Mayor. Wow. Take a listen to this. Controversial comments from Boston Mayor Kim Janey after I asked her about New York City requiring proof of vaccination for restaurants, gyms, and entertainment venues. There's a long history in this country of people needing to show their papers. The mayor then references slavery, former President Trump, and birtherism. During slavery, post-slavery, as recent as, you know, what an immigrant population has to go through here. Uh, We heard Trump with the birth certificate nonsense. Here, we want to make sure that we are not doing anything that would further create a barrier for residents. In Cambridge, one restaurant tells us it is requiring proof of vaccination for indoor dining. For us to be competitive, to... let Let me just say, what the mayor of Boston is expressing right now, if she were a white Republican, there would be national outrage. But the reality is she's African-American and she's raising concerns that people in her community feel. Do Democrats give a damn? No. And if we had an honest media in this country, they would highlight that fact and they would say the following. Ready? The following is this. When Bill de Blasio puts in a vaccine mandate or a passport or any other nonsense, you are now going to be discriminating against African-Americans who are not ready to get the vaccine, who want to see it approved, who want to see the trials, who want to see because they have real suspicions and they don't want to carry around papers with them. They don't want to do that. Now, what this mayor is saying might be controversial, but the truth of the matter is... She's speaking for her constituents. Now, I'm sure she's going to have to walk it back at some point. There's no way to let this stand. Because to, to let it stand is to highlight, in fact, just how wrong it is to have vaccine passports and vaccine mandates. Preferring instead to focus on access. We want to make sure that we are giving every opportunity for folks to get vaccinated. Uh, When it comes to what uh, businesses may choose to do, uh, we know that those types of things are difficult to enforce when it comes to vaccine. Now, tonight, mayoral candidate Andrea Campbell tweeting this kind of rhetoric is dangerous. Showing proof of vaccination is not slavery or birtherism. And candidate Michelle Wu saying anyone in a position of leadership should be using that position to build trust in vaccines. Tonight, Mayor Janie putting out a statement clarifying there will be no mandates when it comes to certain business sectors. Aha! I tell you what, I don't know. Maybe Democrats should think about this a little bit more and just who is affected by these kind of mandates. 
All right, 855-839-12. What am I doing? That's the number for the show. I can't do that. This is a podcast. For that, you'll have to wait till tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for subscribing. Like the podcast. Forward it to a friend. I'd appreciate it. Have a great day. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.